All right. Well, so um, I just finished Gin Patrol on the Purple Line by Deepa Anapara. And wow, it was, that's some, you want to talk about some heavy reading because it's based on reality and it's about people living in the Bastis in India and she doesn't pull any punches and it basically children start disappearing and there are, and it's seen through the eyes of a child and his friends who are trying to be detectives and figure out where their friends have gotten to. And um, ultimately, it's it, it takes a very dark turn uh, at the ending, toward the ending. It's not what I would call a very hopeful book at all. But it is eye-opening, and it allows uh, insight into a culture that I'm not familiar with or wasn't familiar with. And so it has value, but I don't even know how to rate it. You know, I just like, I was looking on Goodreads and I'm like, how do you rate a book that is solid? It's well-written. It's it, but it's so disturbingly real and it's so dark that I, I just, I couldn't even rate it. I, I can review it, but I can't rate it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I just like, uh, anyway, it was a very difficult book. Uh, and then I just finished, uh, before that, I read Being Seen by, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name correctly, probably, Elsa Shunyason. I don't know, it's um, it's S-J-U-N-N-E-S-O-N. Shunyason. Uh, Shunyason, okay. So this is one deafblind woman's fight to end ableism. It's basically a book that is a memoir about activism in the in the respect that she talks about her own activism and she talks about her own challenges and it was very eye-opening oh gosh this is a terrible thing to say um it was uh, an awakening for me in in many ways to see the world through um her perspective and to experience the world through her perspective and so i she talks a lot about the tropes in media that show blind and deafblind people and deaf people in a way that dehumanizes them. So she talks a lot about that, about the tropes and things like that. And that was very uh, kind of mind blowing for me because I had never really seen it that from that direction. So, so that was, that was good. And then since we met, I also read The Huntress by Melinda Lowe. It's it's fantasy and it's YA and I enjoyed it, but I didn't love love it. I I the story was really imaginative and there's quite the journey in it and there's character arc, but I didn't I wasn't able to engage with the characters on a level that I like to engage with my characters. So that was a little tough for me. And then I read Dustin Grimm by Chuck Wendig. And boy, I'll tell you, I his voice in this book is all 100% Chuck doing his blog voice, right? It's so thoroughly Chuck Wendig that it's and it's just fun to read because he's fun to read when he's being that. Uh, again, I didn't really quite connect with the characters, and I thought the fourteen-year-old girl 
seemed a bit old. I, I get how why he did it that way. But uh, it was very imaginative and a good story. And, you know, I do recommend it. I just, I wouldn't, it's not quite at that level what you were talking about. It's not the blow you away kind of yeah, book. Yeah. But it was a good, it was a real good read. It was solid. And the other one I read since uh, we've met would be Gender Outlaw on Men, Women, Goodness. and the Rest of Us by Kate Bornstein. And that was another one that really kind of blew my mind and opened me up in a way to understanding uh, trans culture and uh, this, uh, and it's a memoir. So it's Kate Bornstein's memoir as well. It's, and she actually originally wrote this quite some time ago. So this is a revised and updated uh, edition that I read and I quite liked it. I, it was very meaningful and I feel like it gave me an additional window into the world, uh, into a world that I want to understand better, but haven't been able to before. So there you go. Heavy so reading. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I guess I have done a fair amount of heavy reading too, my own kind of heavy reading. So, yeah. So that's what I've been reading. Good. How's the writing? The writing's going well. I just finished some uh, last-minute revisions to the work in progress, Lost and Found. We have a cover, so we'll Ooh. have a cover reveal coming soon, I hope. Uh, but we have artwork for the cover. I'm very excited about that. And I am ready to get that done and put to at least get it back as a proof so that I can do the final go Good. through excellent yeah so that'll be out in the spring is my understanding so pointed looks here <laughs> well that's my you know that's it's with the way of the world right now getting a book out into the world is not an exact oh i know science it's, at all it's not easy isn't it? it takes time more time than you might expect and things happen yeah. you know and all things being what they are so, uh, and then, so basically I'm going to focus next on getting my anthology done, my shorts. Good. My shorts done. Woohoo! How about you? Um, pushing 40,000 now on Proud Waves Be Still. Um, taking some unexpected turns. It happens. Um, it happens. <laughs> yeah, Henry's going to uh, go back on his promises and take direct action. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that's the, the fun part of it is yeah. letting your characters yeah. have some free reign and, and seeing where it takes you. Like I say, I have certain events that I have to hit. Right. But how those events affect different characters... I mean, I'm going. One of the big dilemmas is that uh, Emmeline's actually going to sanction this because they've attacked her husband. Ah. But yeah, as a good Quaker, now she's worried about her immortal soul for of all things because that's totally contrary to yeah to her teaching. Yeah. Um, and so that's a big internal conflict for her. But. She doesn't want those men to go unpunished. <laughs> I can understand that. I can so understand yeah, that. it's it's fun. Um, 
so time has been an issue for me. And then when I have the time, energy has been an issue for I me. I hear that. So. Oh, boy, I hear that. Um, yeah, so, so it, this is historical fiction. I expect it to be uh, pretty dense. Like, I mean... The hard part for me, because I tend to go down these rabbit holes is how much detail do you put in mm -hmm. and how much do you leave out? Right. Um, for instance, Henry carries a Lamatt revolver. Um, but what is that? Mm. Well, it, it's a particular weapon that, you know, was very popular actually in the Confederacy during the war. Um, he has one because he acquired it as part of investigating this big arm shipment of these things that's being sent to the Confederacy. That's um, a pretty formidable, formidable weapon. Uh, it's a nine-shot, forty-two caliber pistol. I didn't know they had nine-shot pistols back it's then. It's a nine-shot, forty-two caliber pistol, and then an underslung twenty-gauge shotgun barrel. All in one. That is yes. That is loaded with fifteen. How did I not know this existed? Fifteen buckshot balls, and you select. There's a selection lever on the hammer that flips the striker up and down to go from one barrel to the other. Wow. This thing is a this thing is a nasty piece of work. It's very popular with Confederate cavalry. Wow. And so that becomes an important, you know, thing. But how do you put that detail in without getting, you know, into this deep right. description of the thing? Right, right. You're going to have to trim that, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, I've, I've in, already but... done it, I think, it, and it becomes important because it's a big part of his decision to get involved, to, you know, to, to take out the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Um because McGuire, the, the detective, has always been ready to do this. And, uh, you know, question to, to, to Henry is, is, are you armed? And he pulls this thing out of a drawer. And it's like, that is some serious artillery there. 